0: Beep! <laughs> You're doing your own beeps now. That's a good noise. We'll do own stunts and beeps. Yeah, hang on. Shh 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 Quiet Quietly There we go. Are you are you happy now? Done now. All done. Yep. Okay. because I've seen where some of the the countries of origin of where our listeners come from and you are everywhere. Really? It's awesome. Really? Yeah. Where, 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 um, where away? Where away? Uh, America. All of the bits of America. Hello, America. All of America. Yeah. Hello, Canada. Fabulous. Hello. Magnificent. Brazil. Brazil. Hello, Paraguay. Hello, Brazil. Paraguay. Paraguay. Fabulous. Hello, Paraguay um hello germany spain france portugal i'd
1: I'd say hello in all the respective languages but i can't so if i just say hello you can do google translate you don't need to do google translate
0: no you're listening to it in english yeah it'll be fine yeah italy (laughs) russia (laughs) all the way hello italy hello russia hello germany hello france australia oh shout out to new zealand because it is gorgeous I have seen it on the telly, I have never been, I would love to go. A bit Probi- far for a Sunday drive. Probably never but will. it looks stunning. But hello New Zealand. Hello all the countries that we have lovely listeners from. Please come and park up around the virtual campfire it's because very, it's time. It's a very big virtual campfire. It's all good, it kind of expands and contracts to, to fit the number of people and we need to fit in. So like South good. Park. Yeah. Awesome. Like the TARDIS and well, South huh. Park. And all those other fa- like Midsummer for Midsummer Murders. Yep, yep. Just kind of, uh, what's the word? Psychosomatic space. Psychoreactive. Thank you. What yep. did I say? Psychosomatic. You said psychosomatic. Not that one.
1: Psychosomatic is 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 where you like get a symptom because you think you're ill, so you you like kind of
0: your mind makes you ill. Yeah, no, not that one. Yeah. Psychoreactive space. Yeah, yeah, all good. So the virtual campfire, there is plenty of room. So much room. So much room and coffee, and marshmallows, Yay. and good company for the next 25 minutes or so. Welcome, lovely listeners, to Frithcast episode 55. 55. Music goes here.
1: Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. do 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 I know how it goes, I just can't get my voice down that far. Well, I mean, I can, but I don't want to. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I'm trying to... Yeah, I know i am trying mm. to work on that. But good.
0: anyway, do 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 do
1: do 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 do, and we're done. So um, uh, I'd like to uh, introduce. Um, do you want me to introduce? Uh, please do. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna introduce my lovely my lovely wife here. Uh, this is Suzanne. Suzanne, say hello to the listeners. Hello, listeners. Tell them a little bit about yourself.
0: Ooh. Um. All right then. I, where do I start? Wherever you want. I don't know. Grew up in Yorkshire, that kind of bit. Are you, you thinking like. about that? Or yeah. are you thinking something a bit kind of more like, you know, flavor texty? We can go back to the, we can go right back to the start if you want. Woo wee, that's a long way away. Let's not do that just yet. Okay. I've been heathen for over twenty years, and as such I have collected a large amount of random knowledge which I'm now getting to put in podcasts. Yay. Which is awesome. Um, I would also like to introduce my lovely wife, Kate. Hello. Who is coffee-powered. Yay! A.K.A. The Coffee-Powered Druid. I do my best. I Spectacularly <laughs> so, dear. Spectacularly so. So, welcome to episode 55 of Frithcast Around the Virtual Campfire. We're going to have a bit of a conversation today about an issue that's kind of poked its head up academically recently Okay. and it's been in the popular media in various different kinds of interpretation so we thought we'd have a go if you're wondering what it's all about we thought we'd have a go in the next 20 odd minutes or so in talking you through what it is what the main points are all of that jazz okay so we're gonna take a virtual trip to Sweden
1: yay Yeah. Also a lovely place. Also Also, somewhere I've seen on the telly but never
0: been. Also a lovely flipping awesome place. And we're going to go to a place called Birka. 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 Now I've seen this spelled Mm -hmm. B-I-R-K-A. And it's what they call an urban settlement. So it's a, a Viking town. Okay. So it's an urban, what they call an urban centre, which always seems a very dry description for me for all of the functions that a town encompasses. But in archaeological terms, it's known as an urban centre. We are doing archaeology. We are doing archaeology in short words so I can understand it. I'll get me trowel. Good show. Just as long as it's a WHS, you'll be fine. (laughs) This town is founded in about AD 750, Mm -hmm. and it's the first urban centre in that period for sweden so it's pretty big pretty big deal i just and for,
1: just for <clears throat> historical what's it if i remember rightly didn't the lindisfarne raid wasn't that in 790 something yeah so we're a little bit before that
0: a little bit before that quite a bit before that mm-hmm. um but what you have here is burka which is a an an urban centre, what I would know as a town, okay. or quite a large settlement space, and it's on um, not necessarily a promontory, but quite a large piece of land that's surrounded on three sides by water. But it's quite wide; it's not like a little narrow point. A don't know what you'd call it. Peninsula. Yeah, kind of like a little sticky out bit. An
1: island that isn't quite an island.
0: An island that isn't... It's an island on three sides and okay. not on the fourth side. So An it's island an, on chicken legs. Sorry. An island on chicken legs. It's an island on three sides, so the water goes all the way around three sides of it, but doesn't cover the fourth side, which is basically where it attaches to everything else. Okay. Now, this urban centre has cemeteries dotted around outside the town walls, so one of the things that marks... An urban settlement, the organisation of an urban settlement, is where you bury your dead, is outside of the places that you're living are living. OK. So there are very clear demarcations in, this is the land where we put dead people, this is the land where the living people live and trade and sleep and everything else. You don't put the two together. Well, generally not, no. In this, Well, in this time and place, you don't put the two on top of each other. They okay. have very clear demarcations. Like, segregated space.
1: Yeah.
0: Burka is on a coastline. It's a really big trading centre. It's okay. like huge and it has a hill fort. The coastline's changed a little bit since then but not hugely much and there are remains of a hill fort mm-hmm. sat just outside the city walls just to this house south of the city and in that sort of cemetery space that you've got, you've got around three thousand visible grave mounds. Okay. Now that's not to say there's a burial in each mound. Right. There might be more than one, and it's not to say that every mound marks a single burial. You might have burials that don't have a mound in that same space. Okay. okay. So you've got at least three thousand. That's which is a lot of funerals.
1: That's a lot of dead folk
0: it's a lot of dead folk and they're all in these sort of clearly defined areas outside the town space this particular space all of these cemetery spaces all of these 3000 burial mounds you've got a chap called Stolper who comes along in 1878 okay and excavates around a third of these 3000 burial mounds he excavates 1000 or 100 burial mounds in how long which is an awful lot of report writing. Yeah. <laughs> now, he's quite... That's some serious Harris matrix. That's some... Yeah, I, I do not want to even go into what the <laughs> Harris matrices would be doing for that kind that amount of context layers. But, no, um, his record keeping at the time is quite unusual. He's the first archaeological excavator to use graph paper. Okay. To be able to, to draw things in scale. Sensible. He writes meticulous field diaries on the excavations that happened, what he found, he illustrates them. He then puts reports in to the historical societies, and they are very, very detailed. Mm. We know because we've still got them. Nice. You can access them online and go and see them. This stuff that is written in 1878, you can actually access it online. I I love that. And actually see his original reports. But Just he wrote the days that he was excavating he would go and write it up.
1: Off on a tangent, I yes. love going to the um Hansard website, the where they keep all the records of the goings on in the House of Parliament Houses of Parliament. And they have records mm. there back to like 15, 1600 And it's brilliant. You can go back and read the read the uh the transcripts of debates and things from it's awesome. Just the language is awesome.
0: Well this uh, This is an archaeologist at the time who's doing Mm. something very, very unusual. He's not just saying, found three bits of gold and some old pot that I threw away, which is more likely to be what the archaeologists at the time are doing because they're after the shinies. Yeah. yeah. He's actually giving these very, very detailed descriptions, diagrams, drawings of the inside of graves. Mm. And he's got a thousand of them to draw out. Crikey a lot of pencils right there
1: a lot of graph paper and I didn't even know there was graph paper in 1878 but there you go it's one of the
0: first ones to use the first one that I know of that uses graph paper in his scale scaled drawings Mm. of the the grave sites that we would do now with a planning frame yeah and you would put the planning frame over the top and mark it onto graph paper in in scale he was doing that but he was doing it in 1878 which is awesome Ahead of his time. So one of these graves is the one I want to have a really good long chat about. Which one would that be? Well, I want to tell you a little bit more about the site first because there's a really interesting building that's not too far away from one of the cemetery, little isolated cemetery spaces, that's outside the town. And this building is almost right next to the hill fort, which is a hill fort with no buildings inside it. So they think it might have just been like a defensive space, had maybe temporary buildings in it or something else. They've not found any traces of buildings inside that space at all. Right. But there is a building on the outside of that space, again, not far off the shoreline. And this is what they've nicknamed the Garrison Building. Okay. It's a 20 metre long long hall. Mm -hmm. And they can tell that it was burned down, quite probably in an attack at some point in its history and it was never rebuilt Right. because archaeologists can do some awesome things with not a lot of remains. They can extrapolate an awful lot of bits and pieces. This building is quite unique. It has weapons in it and shields in it, uh, knives, spears, um, swords, shield bosses. So they've identified it tentatively as what they're calling a garrison building. So a building like an armory. Okay. Now this is, it's a really <clears throat> odd building because in the walls and in the floor, there are 300 knives. Okay. Knives in the walls? Yeah. Okay. And in the floor. They've built them into, uh, integrated them into the floor of the building and into the walls of the building. They've put 300 knives This is not the only blades that are in here, but this building is built of blades. Did they make a big chair out of swords? Do you know they didn't. Oh. I'm gutted as much as you are. I am. But the other thing they they found was that the the foundations of the building, you often find that there's sometimes the stuff underneath the building, like a hardcore base that they then built put a building on top of. Yeah. The the hardcore base for this building was mostly spears. It's built on a base of spears and it has knives in the wall and it contains a huge amount of weaponry. Very expensive kit. They've got remains chainmail in there, lamellar armour in there. I don't mean to get all technical. Yeah. But this is sounding like a spiky-ass building. It's one spiky-ass building. And it was burned, probably in an attack on Burka. Okay. And it was never rebuilt Mm. after that point. And I don't know what walking into that building must have felt like. 300 knives! 300 a lot of knives it's for a lot of knives that you could be using is, for is a utility tool, but also in there you've got suits of armour, and a suit of armour, chainmail or lamellar armour, is incredibly expensive. Swords, they are, the only function of a sword is to kill somebody. Yeah, if you've got a spear, you can use it to hunt. True, if you've got an axe, you can use it to chop wood, yeah, and kill people. A spear, you can use it to hunt animals and kill people. The only function of a sword. Is to kill people. This is true. Yeah, so the, the contents of this building represent a huge investment in wealth, okay. that they've just sat there basically. Yeah. Now not far off this building there are four graves. There are three adults and one child. Mm. The child has no grave goods with it at all. Okay. And of The 1,100 burials that this guy excavated in 1878, which we've got all the reports for, 75 of them have one or more weapons in. Okay. That's it. So not that many. Not that many. But that's actually quite a familiar pattern for anybody who's excavated graves. You very, very rarely find shiny things in them. Okay. Very, very rare. So it tends to be why the big graves, things like Ozeberg... And Sutton Hoo, where you've got a phenomenal amount of grave goods, art, make archaeologists very, very excited. Yeah. Because they have lots of things to play with. And or normally it's osteologists that get very excited because they've got <laughs> lots of skeletons to play with.
1: But they are, even then, they are an anomaly. So yeah. they have to be... So
0: they... graves with goods in mm. are are very, very rare on their own. Graves with like more than basic goods in, so maybe a knife and a handful of beads, maybe a cup. Beyond that, you're looking exceptionally rare, Mm. which is why we've not found so many of them. Okay. Uh, So you've got a little group of three adults and a child, which are in a little sort of isolated patch of ground very near to this garrison building. And one of those burials has grave goods in it. And it doesn't just have grave goods in it; it has quite a lot of very shiny grave goods in it, which makes archaeologists very excited. Okay. And this grave that I'm talking about has a wooden chamber, so it's they built a wooden chamber and then raised an earth mound over the top of it. Right. So this wooden chamber, the body has been interred wearing um, like steps Eastern Viking style clothing. Okay. So they've got a a hat with a like a horsehair plume on it they found the metal fixings for where the plume would have gone yeah they've um, there are two horses in the grave horses 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 okay yeah so you're once you've killed a horse you've got to then manage at least you know two tons of weight yeah into a hole in the ground and put it in there fairly carefully and they've done this twice
1: okay
0: they've put them at the foot end of the grave and the, the two horses are, are sort of cramped up next to each other. One of those was kitted out for riding. Mm-hmm. It's got a bridle on. You've also got a large number of weapons in that grave. Okay. You've got um, arrow points. So there was likely a quiver in there and a bow in there. You've got a long knife in there and a shield boss in there. Lots and lots of shiny kit. So this is somebody for whom weaponry is important? Possibly. I'm going to come back to that. Park it. Do they... they Save it. I've stuck a pin in it. Save it for the ladies. (laughs) I always do. Oh, I know. (laughs) Yeah, save save that one till later. So this grave has a lot of weaponry in it that is arrayed very, very close to the body itself. And... The body itself is dressed in some fairly high status clothing, okay. which we don't have a lot of left because it's inorganic preservation. All the skin's gone, the tissue's gone, the fabric's gone, the leather's gone. What we have is basically bones it's and all metal molded work. away. And the soil has essentially taken the rest of it's broken itself down.
1: Okay.
0: And you don't get a lot left. So the other thing you've got in there is a bag of gaming pieces, All right. like a taffle set, a mm-hmm. half and taffle set. And they are, again, put very, very, the bag of gaming pieces has been put very, very close to the body. Okay. And there is an iron boarded gaming board mm-hmm. that's stacked up on its edge, again, very close to the body. Okay. So, we've found there are other places where you find these gaming sets, and they're generally associated again with high status people. Okay. High status people who it has been assumed have some kind of ability of command because they're learning, there's a strategy game involved. Yeah. So, you don't find them. You'll notice by what I've sort of talked about, there's no oval brooches, mm-hmm. there's no beads, okay. there's no toiletry kits. This is a very specific set of goods, All right. very deliberate. So the grave, this grave I'm talking about would have originally been marked by having a large boulder put on top of it at the edge of the mound and it would have been visible from a promontory. Okay. It comes to mind the Ibn Fadlan account of the burial where they say basically the chieftain is placed on a promontory so people who go past can see his grave sutton who is the same it's a huge big grave mound that you can see from the coast beowulf is the same beowulf is the same so even though there is sort of geographical difference these are the things that it brings to mind in my mind Mm -hmm. the fact that there would have been this huge big boulder over this grave on the coastline, visible from the coast. So let's sum up. Do it, do it, do it. I'm going to drink some more coffee. We've got a grave mm-hmm.
1: positioned in a fairly exclusive spot next yep. to a garrison house, which, yes. which yeah. was built with 300 knives in the, in the walls and floor uh-huh. on a base of spears.
0: How amazingly... How metal is that? That's, Literally. that's pretty damn metal. metal
1: so... <laughs> We're, How looking at, is that? we're looking at some sort of military emplacement.
0: Yes. Of you've got of, a hill Of some, there of some as description.
1: Well. Yeah. And the hill fort, yeah. So we've got a person buried in this grave who, for whatever reason, required sending with them into the netherworld.
0: Yeah.
1: Two horses. Yeah. One kitted out for riding. Yep. A selection, a large selection of weapons of all different sizes. Yeah. All, all Metal different of types. choice. Yep. Very little to nothing of a of a domestic nature.
0: Very little to nothing nothing of a domestic nature unless you count something like the axes.
1: Yeah. We had Eastern Rus style, eastern Viking kind of clothing. Yeah. And we have a board game slash strategy. Yes. Game and pieces.
0: Which has previously been seen as a strategy. Yeah. Learning tool for strategy and commanding.
1: So what sort of conclusions might be drawn?
0: I wouldn't dare, <laughs> but I'll tell you what has been drawn. Mm-hmm. I would not want to make a a guess of my own. Well, I'm sure, I'm um,
1: sure, I'm sure some of the people listening will will, will recognize, will, will probably know what we're talking about, and they'll one. know where this is going.
0: Yeah. Um, What's really interesting is that, due to the exceptional nature of this grave, it was upheld as an archetype of the ultimate Viking. Okay because it's pretty much got you know all the tick boxes yeah. horses tick weaponry tick yeah. shiny kit tick it's it's a it's a it's a pretty good example it's pretty martial it's pretty it yeah it's pretty much warfare focused yep and as you say there's no weaving kit there's no brooches there's nothing domestic focused in there in that space and this is where it gets a bit more fun. Mm-hmm. Because this is originally excavated in 1878. Yeah. So you might think, why on earth is it making waves in 2019? What are you two talking about? We know time is circular, but for goodness sake. What's the importance, what is the significance of this guy in this grave? Yeah. Well, 2017, we're going to wind back a couple of years. There was a... A paper put out in which a set of authors, including an osteologist, an osteologist had been doing a study on a population base and looking at another study to to write another study, another research paper. Mm -hmm. And they'd taken some bones out of the archive to do as a control comparison so that when people were gendering the bones for her study, she could see whether they were accurate or not. Okay. And she took one of these bones out, and the osteologist all looked at it and went, that one's female, that one's male, that one's female, that one's male, mm-hmm. with all of her samples. Yep. She was like, oh yeah, great. And then she turned the bone over and realised that what reference number was written on it. BJ 581. And this is the number of the grave that it's come from.
1: The 581st grave from the, the Berker site. Berker site, BJ. And this is the, the the warrior, the martial individual with all the weapons... With and the, all the weapons and, the board and all game the shiny and kit, the horses.
0: The uh, bones are female. Oh. You might say this caused a little bit of consternation in 2017 because it kind of hit at the same time as the, the perfect media storm. TV series Vikings. Yeah. The eminently memeable Lagertha.
1: Oh, bless her.
0: Maybe it's Maybelline, maybe it's the blood of my enemies. <laughs> So <laughs> the media went a bit nuts. We've found... A, a Viking warrior A woman. female
1: warrior. A warrior woman. This is clearly the real-life lag- 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 Lagertha. Lagertha yeah, lag- which lag- some lag- of Lagertha. the
0: media ran with, this is the real-life Lagertha, yep. and off we go. This The reaction to it, to me, tells me more about our current society's understanding of gender, mm-hmm. of gendered roles our perception of historical gendered roles than any understanding. We will never know how that person saw their own gender. Mm. Were they a woman who identified as a woman who was a commanding a unit? We don't know. Mm. Were they a woman who was in a ceremonial role, a martial ceremonial role, and never actually fought? Can't tell. Mm. Were they a woman who a man buried in that grave because they didn't have the man's body to bury in there so they buried a slave in all his kit so that she could go and take all of his kit to him. We can't tell. But osteologists have taken a look at the bones and sadly there's nothing. There's not enough left to get any kind of wear marks or any kind of muscle attachment marks because if you're doing the same exercise over and over again, yeah. your muscles and bones grow in a certain way.
1: Now I I recall from what I've Read about this this case and mm. uh, and a, and a and a lecture that we went to at the Jorvik Festival yes. uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, there have been various tests done to verify the the gender actually, of the, the bones, the, the, the sex yeah. of the bones. Yeah, initially it's been passed through at the hands of several osteologists. Yeah, each of whom has carried out a blind test without knowing where the bones have come from. Yeah, and each of them has has said it's sexed this skeleton as female. Yes. They have also carried out a chromosome test. Yeah. Which has given a double X result.
0: Verified a double X result.
1: Indicating a biological female. Now Obviously, I'm treading on, fairly careful, uh, treading on fairly precarious ground here.
0: Yes and no. A transgendered reading is one of the readings that people have given, or a gender-fluid reading. It's
1: and this is what I was hugely. coming to, because we have several possibilities that have been <clears throat> put forward. Mm. The most obvious, or at least the one that the media have hooked onto straight away, is this is a warrior woman. This is Xena. Yeah. This is Lagatha. This is Ugh. sort of, um, you know, she's out there, she's kicking ass.
0: Yeah. The the media have got hold of the idea that this is a warrior woman, and it makes them very happy because mm. it's it's a very likable idea for our modern society. Yeah.
1: It appeals. It appeals to our modern sense of
0: uh, gender equality and equality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All of that. But our modern sense of gender equality is not their understanding of gender or mm. indeed that individual's understanding of gender. Mm. And these are some of the things that we can guess at, but we will probably never get to.
1: As you've as you've touched on, we've archaeologists are being a little more cautious. Now the the team that is leading this research on this particular grave mm. have released a paper saying that their view is that this was a female a high-ranking military female. Yes. Now, they've said that's not to say that she was necessarily out on the battlefield. As you say, it may have been a ceremonial role. Yeah. We don't have enough information to say whether this this person had ever been in combat. Yeah. There's no, from what I understand, there are no wounds or no injuries to the bone structure that we have. However, the skull is missing.
0: Yes
1: at least the top of the skull is missing. Yeah, so it's uh, like...
0: Not the, yeah, the, the the skull itself is is missing.
1: Yeah. So barring the possibility that this person may have died with a sword through her head.
0: Yeah, big axe wound. There are a couple of skulls that have done that, which is quite nice to find, but a bit grim.
1: We can't say that she's been involved in... Combat. She's, Or at least she's not received any wounds in combat. Maybe it is Xena. Maybe she's just too damn good and nobody's oh, ever been yeah. able to
0: lay a blade on her. No! <laughs> lay- off you go so yeah maybe nobody did but the other understanding is then that all of these questions were raising about sex and gender mm-hmm. in the viking age the original the team that has looked at this not only in 2017 but has now looked at it again in 2019 say essentially every reading about this grave we are not challenging no we are not challenging people's understanding that it's uh, a very martial orientated grave. It's got horses in it. It's got weaponry in it. It's got clothing in it that speaks of this high-ranking officer. They said we don't have truck with any. Of, you know, we have, we're not challenging that at all. No, no, that stays. None of that is what we're disputing. We're just simply saying that the bones are female. Um, this has put the archaeologists about more than you yelling. Time Team is great in a room and <laughs> ducking. <laughs> In a whole room full of archaeologists, it's
1: uh... we suddenly have this situation where a, a a a dead an individual who had formerly been I mean it had been taken as red. Mm. This person was a warrior and a, and a warrior of status and therefore male <clears throat> and therefore male and all the all the accompanying accoutrements and yeah. and the and the, and the yeah, ev- everything Tell nobody questioned th- the fact that this was no a a a warrior of status until the bones were identified and now there's a question well we know it can't be a warrior because we know that viking women didn't
0: fight yeah there are a few historical accounts not many Mm. but again those are disputed yeah but when this body was assumed to be male there was no dispute that they held the warrior identity Mm. this dispute has only arisen because the bones have been sexed as female.
1: And we, in the modern day, take it as read that a
0: woman can't, a woman can't
1: be a warrior in that society, in, in that, that era. S- in
0: that society, in that period, in that era. So it essentially opens up this whole bag of rabid ferrets. So we- <laughs> <It's> Because <laughs> you've got archaeologists now having to look at the grave goods they've got and the skeletons they've got and going, right, does this skeleton match these grave goods it might be an isolated incident yeah it might be one and that's it it might be that our the prejudices of the excavators have put a gender onto every burial they've done this was excavated in 1878 yeah the original excavator assumed it was male because of the goods that he found with it
1: we've heard a lot of archaeologists who've been challenging this interpretation have come up with various other scenarios i mean you've already touched on the possibility that it may have been a a slave or a servant surrogate burial yeah yeah, yeah basically <clears throat> taking you know in a, in a, in essence perhaps taking the grave goods to that person that person who who yeah. didn't have a chance to be buried with them and, and 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 so on which of course is possible we've had the the, the ceremonial role that we've mm-hmm. we've talked about already and we've also had you, you have you have kind of uh, come up uh, come up on this one but we've also had the interpretation that has been has been suggested that this may have been someone born female yeah but who identified as a man yes and was therefore allowed to become Taking a warrior a man's living, role. living living yeah. the, 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 the in the male gender role
0: yeah
1: and again well, that, that's an even bigger bag of rabbit ferrets well you see this is the thing now as a trans person mm. I really should be all over that because <laughs> That, you know, that would help in the in the in the, in the modern day mm. arguments, um, because I, I mean, I, there are various references in, in various older cultures to people like me or people living in different different gender roles or, mm. or, or, or feeling that they're, yeah, not, yeah. you know, this, you know, if we could say, well, this is this is this is what's happened. This is a a, a woman uh, living as a living as a man. I should be all for that. Mm. But.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on the but I'm cautious. You
1: see, the thing is, for me, that kind of goes against Occam's razor. Mm. The pr- the idea that um, you know of various different uh, explanations for a given set of data, the simplest is likely yes to be the true one. And to me, to argue, I would love to think that the Vikings were 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 enlightened about trans people and uh, or you know or, or people of that that yeah. of of my my variety back then but (laughs) what is the simpler explanation that you know the 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 archaeologists who are suggesting this are literally saying we can't accept the idea that a born woman could be a warrior as a woman but we can accept the 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 possibility that the vikings accommodated trans people in their society and it seems to be even more of a reach to try to avoid what would be any what would be actually be a a shorter
0: reach so yeah as you might have gathered, if this has all been too long, didn't read. Yeah, you might have gathered that this has been a bit, Yeah, <laughs> this has been a bit of a touchy subject for a lot of primary archaeologists, yeah. and a lot of them have felt they needed to specify their position on one side of the fence or the other side of the fence. Some have gone right ahead and said that this is an isolated incident, or mm. they've arrived. You know, they've proposed a theory of their own, which. Yeah, archaeologists and people are entitled to do. Yeah, You're entitled to go and look at the papers for yourself, go and read them. We will put all the links in the description. The 2007 paper and the 2019 paper by the same team Yes, I know. It's very exciting. <laughs> are both online for free. So you can go and read their research mm. and you can go and see what tests they've done, what references they've used. You can go and Read it for yourself. Make your own mind up.
1: And importantly, you can see what they are saying. Mm. So a lot of the media coverage has, has sort of leapt ahead and gone, oh, well, this must mean this, this, this and this. And, the, and, and the, the, this team are saying, well,
0: yeah, but we're not actually saying that. They are yeah. literally reporting on what has been found. What the facts are. So what this... the facts are and what the interpretation is are two very, very separate skills in the archaeological yeah. world.
1: Yeah. This and... body is biologically female. Yes, we know that
0: beyond that we know nothing we don't know Jon Snow we do we know nothing (laughs) Jon Snow I really feel in this particular case I know nothing Jon Snow (laughs) so lovely listeners now we've thrown a little archaeological conundrum your way you might have seen all the news articles about warrior women going ahead you might have seen some of the popular media articles, you might have seen all the memes about Lagertha rising again, which is awesome, by the way, and I'm very happy about that. Mm -hmm. We'll put the links in the description so you can go and read the reports for yourself. Yes, they're archaeological reports, but especially the 2019 one takes it through step by step. Yeah, And in there, there are some lovely reconstruction drawings of what they might have looked like with all of their kit which is very shiny very nice indeed cool so lovely listeners we will leave you with that thank you very much for coming around the virtual campfire and sitting and listening to us to prattle on about that burka grave bj581 we hope you've enjoyed the episode we hope to see you all next time if you'd like to drop us a friend request please feel free if you want to drop us a comment a query you want to come and chat to us online please do that would be very awesome Mm -hmm. if you want to find us online my name's suzanne martin i'm on facebook as suzanne martin and i'm on twitter at geetha in jeans awesome and should you want to
1: find me for any reason um you can find me on twitter and facebook as kate coldwind and i have a a kind of a kind of a website at Uh, glassrain.net good luck basically it's
0: all good (laughs) thank you very much for joining us around the virtual campfire we look forward to seeing you all here next time bye 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 bye